Good morning, family. What a great privilege to be here with you this morning. Uh, we are starting a new sermon series, Walk the Talk, and uh, exactly what it is. You know, can we live the life that we are professing as a Christian? And, you know, sometimes, you know, it is just so, how can I say it? You know, it's just so easy to say it and, uh, you know, easy to make the confession that we are Christians and that we are walking the talk. But I think if we really just sometimes stop and just take a bit of stock in our lives and just to ask the Lord Jesus, you know, or the Holy Spirit, you know, are we still walking the talk? Can people in our lives actually see the difference? Can they see the difference in our lives? When last have a person come to you and say, listen, what's different in your life? What is different in your life? And as we walk the talk, I do believe, you know, that people need to see God through us. The Bible says to us there in the book of Genesis, he says, you know, we created in the image of God, he created as male and female three times, he says, you know, the image of God. Now, we know that in the Bible, if, if something is repeated twice, it's important. Jesus said quite a few times, verily, verily, or truly, truly. Uh, so then it means, you know, take, you know, pay attention. But in His image, we created, in His image, in His image. So in other words, we are image bearers of God, which actually just tells us, you know, wherever we come, it should be as if God has arrived. We are not God, but you know what I'm trying to say. The character of God has just arrived in this situation. The character of God has just gone shopping, and people will see the difference even if you just talk to the tiller behind the till or the guy that is pouring your fuel or anywhere else in your life. Walk the talk. Your words and actions should tell the same story. Um, so if we think about that, you know, then of course we have to look at the life of Jesus if we want to see or walk the talk. And uh, the first scripture that I want to look at for us there, of course, you know, it is there in the book of Mark 1, 16 to 18. I love the scripture, of course, the, you know, part of that is in our one-to-one. And, uh, you know, so usually when I start my one-to-one, that is now that first scripture there in the start in the one-to-one, and, uh, you know, we usually hang on to that scripture for about 45 minutes to an hour, because it is truly important that if we look at that scripture, that we can make a commitment to walk the talk, or to follow then if Jesus asks us to follow. Because, you know, if we look at the little one-to-one booklet, it's all about the relationship. From the first chapter to the last chapter, also, you know, everything speaks about a relationship. So in the beginning, if we say, you know, it is God, then who is this God that we're going to have a new relationship with? Uh, and as we go through the one-to-one, all about relationship. So let's read that first scripture together. It says, they're passing along the Sea of Galilee, saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Like, duh, you know. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make, make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. I love the scripture. You know, so I, I, I like to see it in pictures, you know. So if we, 
If we just imagine now, you know, sort of out of nowhere, Jesus came walking there alongside the Sea of Galilee. And then Simon Peter, now they're casting the net. In other words, you know, it's those round nets that they throw and they've got the weights on it and, you know, and they're catching their fish. And Jesus is just walking along, you know, just walking into their lives like Jesus do, like Jesus know best, just to walk into our lives. And then he says to us here, you know, casting the net for they were fishermen. A common practice during those days, you know, lots of fishermen next to the Sea of Galilee selling their fish and everything around that, the life around the Sea of Galilee. And then he says, Jesus said to them, follow me. Now, you know, this is the ESV version. I like the NIV version, the old NIV version. You know, they, they don't say it like this in any other version. Again, it says, come follow me. So that come omitted here, but it's fine. Follow me. Jesus says, and I will make you become fishers of men. Or I, yeah, you will become fishers of men. So there's a few different translations of that. I will make you. So now if we think about that, you know, Jesus says to them, I will make you fishers of men. He didn't say to them, listen, you know, come follow me, and we're going to evangelize the world. I mean, two fishermen... You know, how would they understand what Jesus is calling to them to, to say, come, we're going to evangelize the world, and your lives are going to be changed if you just follow me. You know, I need a group of people, and I need to make them very excited about this new adventure that we're going to go on. I need about 12 people to walk with me, and the best thing is, I'm going to tell you, you know, we're going to see miraculous things happen. No, Jesus just said to them, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. That's what they knew Jesus is speaking into their lives. They knew fishing. Come with me. Come with me. And I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately the Bible says they drop their nets. So if we think about that, you know, that word follow, of course for us, you know, if somebody walks past you today and say, you know, come follow me, he doesn't even really tell you where he's going. I don't think that we will follow but of course, we get follow invitations every single day, isn't it? And we're sending out follow invitations every single day. You know, it's Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all of that. And we have got all of these followers. And then we say, oh, 600 followers, 1,000 followers. But how many of those 600 or 1,000 followers do you actually know? And you actually care what's happening in their lives and you actually have a relationship with? But all it is, you see the best of, you know, of people. You don't see the worst of their lives. And if it is, you know, that you really want now some sympathy and then, you know, you put it there and you hopefully that some of your followers will see you there. Nobody phones you to say, listen, I just put, you see you're putting something there about, you know, maybe something that terrible in your life. All it is, sorry, little emoji, whatever. And now you must feel much better because somebody has sent you on your followers following an emoji. Oh, that emoji makes me really feel better today. Is that really a friendship? You know, is that what our lives has become? And Jesus is not calling us to follow on Facebook or follow on Instagram or something like that. So if we look at that scripture, you know, then, you know, it says they come follow me, next one, come follow me, Jesus said, and this is now the NIV version, and I will make you fishers of men. Let's go to the next one. 
Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. But now, just like we do, you know, in a one-to-one, let's just stop there for a, for a moment and we look at that scripture and then, of course, we always say, let's look at all the doing words. What are all the doing words in that scripture? And of course, it's come and follow and we see said and then make or I will make you. So those are all the doing words that we see there. <clears throat> and if we take the doing words and we, we divide them into God words or God actions and man actions, then we see there, you know, just go one back again. Then we see there, you know, come, follow. So that is the God action. God, Jesus is saying to us, come and follow. And then also sit. So who said it is? Jesus. And then, of course, the man action there is, you know, sorry, it's the other way around. We have to come and follow. <laughs> sorry about that. And Jesus said, and Jesus said, he will make. Okay. But now, let us just stop for a moment at those words, because, you know, every one of those words actually speaks volumes into our lives. If I would say to you, come, follow, so you're standing there in the back, Tino's in the back, and I said to Tino, Tino, come here, come here. Then, of course, you know, there can be a thousand reasons why I would call Tino. You know, Tino might be in trouble, or I want to say something to him, or I want to share something with him, or, or anything like that. Come, come to me. But now imagine Tienu never comes. You know, he just sits there and he never will come to me. Then in all eternity, forever and ever, he will never knew, know why I called him. Because he didn't come. Imagine Jesus calls us and we never obey. For all eternity, we've missed something. The next word, if we look at their follow, and we say, well, if somebody calls us to follow him, and then safe in Jesus says, well, come follow me, or, you know, I call somebody and say, come follow me. I don't always have to tell the person, you know, where we're going. All it is is, come follow me, and then off we go. How fast will we get there? Well, as fast as the person walking in front. You know, what will the route look like? The person in front will follow the person behind him, what does he have to see? He only has to see the person in front. That is it. You know, you know if, as long as he sees the person in front of him, he doesn't even have to think where the road is. It's like, you know, GPS, Google, go there. You know, as long as this auntie speaks to you, yeah. You know, and sometimes she makes you confused, but it's okay. Just listen to, to the auntie on the GPS, and she will tell you where to go. Follow that, and you will get where you're supposed to be. But if I halfway sit down... And I say, I'm not going to follow anymore. Will I ever get to the destination? Will I even know where we were going? No, because I didn't follow. Come, follow. That is what we're supposed to do. Now, the word said there, well, if Jesus says something, I think that there's a little bit of authority in the words of Jesus. That we've established already. Jesus said, he said, I will make you. Now, the I will make, that is a promise. So if God promises something, I'm sure that he is going to fulfill it. Our work is to come and to follow. Jesus said, that is the promise. What will he do? He will make. Now, when Jesus walked there, you know, there with those disciples right in the beginning, when he said, come, follow me, they're dropping their nets, they didn't know where we're going, where they were going. All it is is come and follow. They didn't know the road that's, you know, that's, that's there ahead of them. But Jesus said, 
And the making, you know, they didn't, you know, didn't ask Jesus, you know, what are you going to do? We don't always know the making as well. But Jesus said, Jesus said, come follow. That's my work. My work is to come and follow. Now, the question is, you know, why? Why did they follow Jesus? Why is it that a fisherman will just drop his net? That is his livelihood. Without the net, he has got no income. He's not going to pay his bills at the end of the month. Not the nice shiny car and the new whatever, you know, the new fishing boat that he just had there now. And the net that he thought, you know, that throws it by itself or something like that. No, he doesn't have that because he's just dropped his net now and he is following somebody that he doesn't even know where he's going. Immediately dropped the net. I often thought about that. What is it? Why? Why is it that they just immediately follow Jesus? Well, you know, if we think about the book of, of Mark and we read the book of Mark, these are all the things, you know, Mark tells us about the wonderful things that the Son of Man came to do. He focuses on that. And in the book of Mark, you know, we read there that Jesus represents the coming Savior, the Masonic Lord of David. He's the majestic and Masonic Son of God. He's the one who forgives sins because He is God, eternal Son of God. And on the end, if we read right through the book of Revelation, He is the judge that sits on the white throne. That is who Jesus is. And of course, when they dropped the nets there, they knew that, all of that, they didn't. Because they haven't seen that. They haven't seen Jesus like that. They had no way of knowing that this is the Jesus that just asked them to drop their nets and to come and to follow. But Jesus also knew that. But Jesus could have said that to them. He said, listen, I'm, I'm the son of God. Just come and follow me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to forgive your sins. I'm going to be in the white throne one day. If you follow me, maybe you'll not make it. If you don't follow me, you'll not make it to the white throne. And where I'm going to say, say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. They didn't know that. They didn't know that. But what was the best next thing that Jesus could say to them? Come follow me. And then Jesus took them on a journey. And that journey, he called ordinary men in a row. And then he said, come, come with me for a walk. We read it today in the Bible. So that journey just sort of walks off the Bible for us. We know it. We know it all because we've seen it from the Gospels and we see it in the book of Revelation. And everything is clear to us. But Jesus says, come walk with me. Follow me. And I'm going to teach you a few things that you would know when I'm not here. So from there, Jesus walked with them and he healed the sick. And there are so many stories of Jesus healing the sick. You know, he goes to Peter's house and he heals Peter's family. And, you know, and he heals the paralytic and he heals the, the leper. You know, there are just so many people that Jesus comes and he, and he stops. Every time Jesus stops in the Bible, go and read that. Because something happens when Jesus stops at the person's life. He goes and he heals people. Then he provided for the needy and the hungry. If he's 5,000 here, 4,000 there, you know, and in between all the other things they do, he provides, he feeds the hungry and the needy. Sets the spiritual oppressed free. I mean, he, he gets into a boat and, and he crosses the sea and, you know, and there's a storm and he takes his, his, his disciples through that storm and he teaches them a, a whole story and a message of faith in that storm and he gets to the other side for one person. All of that. Just one person. And 
all the pigs in the water, and the people don't want him there. Jesus was okay with that. He came for this person. He stopped. And there are so many other stories, the little demon-possessed boy that was withering, you know, you know there and on the, throwing himself in the fire. Jesus come, and he showed that he had power over the supernatural as well. He raised the dead. We know the story of Lazarus when he stood there and he wept before, the thro- before that grave. Why did he weep? Because he knew that life was not supposed to be like this. This is not supposed to be how we should die. We should have eternal life like, you know, like eternal life that, that, that Adam and Eve had there in the beginning of, you know, of time. This is what it's supposed to be. But sin came and, and destroyed that relationship. Jesus wept. But he rose Lazarus and so did he rose, you know, actually the young boy that was dead on his way to a funeral and he touched him and he was alive. He ate with sinners. Jesus went into the lives of of the every person. Then he confronted religion, you know, and that most probably was the, the biggest heart soul, I think, for Jesus to see what, what happened to a relationship when a man takes charge of a relationship and he adds rules and rules and rules to a relationship to build walls, you know, for themselves, but to keep people away from God. He confronted religion because Jesus never came for religion. Then he modeled the relationship, and that relationship with his father, you know, the 12 men that walked with him and the other people as well, they saw that. They saw when they had time with his father, and then relationship with people as well. He came and extended his hand and had a relationship. Wherever he went, he built that relationship with people. He showed compassion. I mean, for Jesus to come and to touch a leper, I mean, just that, just the compassion. You know, they were people that were, that were chased around. If a leper had to come close to people, you know, he had, to shout, he had to shout, you know, leprosy, leprosy, leprosy. And he was not allowed to come close, but yet they came and Jesus touched the leper. He showed compassion in every way in people's lives. Then Jesus died and rose again. And for us, you know, as Christians, we know that that's the greatest victory that we have, that we can stand. And that's why we sit here this morning Paul says for us, if it wasn't for that, that Jesus died and rose again, you know, our faith would be in vain. He sent it to heaven and then he promised that he will turn, return again. Now, we have seen so many promises, you know, that came true already. And we know that this is one of the outstanding promises, but we know our God is faithful and he is coming back again. That is the promise. So if we think about just the life of Jesus, and at the end, you know, we see that beautiful picture where in the book of uh, John 13, where Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. And he says this to them, you know, when, they, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garment, resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done for you? Do you understand? Okay, this is a simple washing of our feet, and we don't always, you know, we don't come and wash the feet of people every single Sunday that we come in because, you know, he says, now go and do the same. It's not the washing of the feet that he's talking about. Do you understand what I've done for you? Do you understand the journey that we have walked together for the three and a half years? Do you understand? Do you see what we have done in the lives of people? Do you understand what 
I have done for you. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right. For so am I. Can we say that today? Jesus, you're our teacher. You teach us, Lord. We can read the Bible. We've got the full Bible, Lord, and, and there's no excuse for us not to know about you. But he's also Lord. He also rules our life. You also look at our emotions and the things, you know, that, that, that bothers us. And, you know, when we get cross, when we shouldn't get cross, and the grudge we hold against people, when we shouldn't hold, a, 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 you know, again a person, and, we, and, and the sin in our lives, he sees that because he's Lord. He's Lord. He says, if then your Lord and your teacher washed your feet, that can also speak about the word. You also ought to wash one another's feet. God calls us to the lives of other people to do the same. For I've given you an example that you should also do just as I have done for you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is no greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I've walked this road with you. You've seen me. You've seen what I've done. Your teacher has taught you. I'm your Lord. Go and do the same. Go and do the same. So now sometimes we think, you know, Lord, what will be the reason that I will do that? Well, you know, there are eight million reasons why we should do that. There are eight million people, approximately a little plus than eight million, on the face of the earth. And those are the reasons every single one of them, why we should follow Jesus to people. Because he calls us to people. And our lives should matter in the lives of people. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a picture of a little girl uh, there in the Ukraine. And she's walking and she's got a little um, fluffy toy. And it's in the road, just strewn with debris. And uh, she's just walking, dragging this little, little, I couldn't find the picture again, otherwise I would have showed you. She's just walking in the street. And immediately, it's like the Lord says to me, you know, who will speak for her, Lord? Who will speak for her? And then the Lord says, well, if you follow me, you'll speak for her. You'll speak for her. And that is so true. You know, if we think about those pictures there, that first one is also about a little boy, also in, in the Ukraine. So he's walking by himself. He's got nobody. He just walked across the, you know, into Poland just before he crosses into Poland by himself. A crying boy, lonely. There are so many lonely people in this world. So if we say, Jesus, we want to follow you, this is where Jesus is going to take you. He's going to take you to the lonely. He's going to take you to the hungry. Not just the hungry of food. But, I mean, there are so many hungry people. You know, the other day when we were in um, Malawi, you know, the fourth poorest country in, in Africa. You know, it's like people get up in the morning and, and, and the number one thing is if I can just get something to eat today. And they're just doing little things. You know, it's like, like, like streams of ants just doing something so that they can eat. First meal. That's my priority for today. They are hungry. But people are also hungry for Jesus. The desperately poor, but also spiritually poor people. You know, if you just have a house, a TV, and a car, you're in the top five of the top five percent rich people in the world. 
You are. But people are desperately poor, you know. Follow Jesus and he'll take you to them. Follow Jesus. He'll take you to them. And then, of course, the spiritually lost. There are about six billion of the eight billion people that do not have a relationship with Jesus like we have. And two billion has never heard, has never, 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 never heard the name of Jesus. Follow Jesus and he'll take you to them. The great privilege of sitting with a person for the very first time and he's never, ever heard the gospel. Never heard Jesus. Never, ever heard about Jesus. And just to share the gospel with that person. I think that's the greatest privilege that there is. Come, follow me. So when Jesus called his disciples, you know, it's not like he called learned men. He didn't. He didn't go between the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of those people the king, the, you know, the chief priest. No, he went to ordinary people. In other words, come just as you are. Come. Come with what you've got. Just with what you've got. You sit here this morning and say, well, Lord, I can maybe not do that. Yes, you can. Come with what you've got. But just come and follow me. Come follow me, Jesus said. That's the promise. And I will make you. And Jesus will make us those followers that he would want us to be. Now, if we, if we look at the scripture, you know, he says, there, what will be the reason for us to follow him? He says, there, now faith, love, and hope will abide, uh, abide these, uh, sorry, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So what is our motivation? I think that what the disciples discovered on that road is a Jesus that they can trust. And they saw the faith of Jesus. They walked with him. You know, when Jesus calmed the storm, they said, you know, who is this man? And these, Jesus says, greater things you will do. Faith, love. They saw the love that Jesus had for people. Go and do the same. Love the same. But I think, you know, well, I know that they also discover their love for Jesus. What will make them all but John die for Jesus? just a few years after Jesus died on the cross. They were all martyred to death because they love Jesus. Because they love Jesus. Faith, love, and hope. But the greatest of these is love. So what is our motivation this morning? Why would we follow Jesus? If it's not love, then we are missing it. And our last scripture for this morning, John 21, 17 to 19. We all know this. So Jesus is speaking to, to Simon. He says to them, Simon Peter, he says, uh, and then we know the whole story. He asked him three times, but now on the third time, he, says, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? It's like somebody will say, you know, my full names. Hermanus, Bosman, Grizzle, you know. Woo! <laughs> you know, somebody's really talking to me, you know. In the same way, you know, he says there, Simon, son of John, I'm speaking to you as a person. I'm speaking to everything of you. Simon, son of John, and you can put your name and all your names and, you know, maiden and everything into this. Speaking to you. Speaking to you. Do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said, love the Lord. Sorry, Lord, you know everything you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. 
truly I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after he said this, uh, he said to him, follow me. Now Jesus is going to heaven. He doesn't mean to follow him to heaven. He said, follow that what I told you to do. Follow me. So Jesus is calling us this morning to follow him into a life. But that follow him is come with what you've got. Just come as you are. Every one of us has got something in us. And Jesus says, come, follow me. Come as you are. Now some of us are, I suppose, maybe broken this morning or, you know, or there's, 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 there's things in our lives that we think, well, you know, it's preventing me from doing that. Or, or maybe it can just be a simple thing like comfort. Lord, I, I'm, not, I'm not giving up my life to follow you. What is there that prevents you this morning of following Jesus like we should? Following Jesus into the lives of other people. Following Jesus with our bank accounts. Following in Jesus with our lives. Just stepping out and starting a conversation with a person. See a hungry person. Holy Spirit tells you that person has got need. Just go to him. Follow me just to that person. And sometimes we think, you know, that you know, our lives, the things that are alive, is just so much that we can't do that. No, Jesus says, come, follow me. He says, and I will make you. I'll make you so that my name can be honored in the lives of other people. The question again is, what have you got just in yourself that you can say, yes, Lord, I'm following you into the lives of people? The second question, what's preventing you from just answering that call, dropping your net this morning, those things that you think it's important, and to say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. I want us to pray now this morning and just say, Jesus, here I am. Just like you called the disciples, we are called, we are the called ones. And Lord Jesus, let us answer that call this morning of following you. I want to give you just a minute or so, just in quiet prayer by yourself, you and Jesus. Come follow me, Jesus. Lord, just like you said to Simon Peter, feed my sheep. Lord, you didn't say there again, feed the fish. You said feed the sheep, Lord, because that is what you have walked with him and showed him. And then you say, if you love me, Lord, this morning we want to look at our hearts. Lord, I pray that you really just, Holy Spirit, that you open up our hearts and that we would see and look at what are the things, Lord, that's first and foremost preventing us to follow you in relationship and then to follow you into the lives of people. And we want to confess and say, Lord, forgive us. We, we do not do that. We forgive, forgive us, Lord, for where the motivation has gone dull in our hearts, Lord. Where our love for you, for some or other reason, Lord Jesus, has gone dull. 
And we want to pray again, Holy Spirit, won't you just revitalize our hearts, Lord, so that we can love you and in that love follow you, just like you called Simon Peter, Jesus. Father, there is a world that, that needs to know you and love you and serve you. And then you say to us, come follow me into this world and I'll show it to you and the lives of people will be changed. And this morning we said, yes, Lord, here we are. We're dropping our nets, Lord. We're dropping those things that we think is important so that we can follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Uh, is there any person this morning here that has never made a decision to follow Jesus because that's where it starts. It starts with the relationship with Jesus. You want to say this morning that I've never committed my life to Jesus. I don't know what it is to follow this Jesus. When we finish now, don't you want to come forward here? We'd love to pray for you. If there's another, you know, a person that would say, well, you know, my heart has gone cold. I don't have that love for Jesus anymore. There's something that's preventing me from following Jesus. Don't you want to come forward as well? I'm going to pray now and then, you know, we end the service. But then after the service, please come so that we can pray for you. Father, what a great commission that we have is that we come and follow Jesus. Lord, thank you for the greatest exciting Lord, spiritually rich life, which is not an easy one, Lord, but it's the best one that you can call us into. Lord Jesus, help us to follow you. Drop our nets and follow you wherever. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.